Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Story is told of a little boy who was given uh, two quarters on Sunday morning from his parents. One was for the Sunday school offering, and the other one was for an ice cream cone after church. Walking along the street on his way to church, one of the quarters slipped out of his hand and fell through some grill work into the drain below. A little boy looked up toward heaven and said with genuine sorrow, Well, God, there goes your quarter. Today's gospel raises the question, whose coin is it? Whose coin is it? Our gospel passage takes place during the final tension-filled week of Jesus' life. His political enemies on both sides of the aisle transpire. They they get together and they devise a trick question, a, a trap for Jesus. On the one hand, you have the Pharisees who uphold the Jewish law to the letter and hate their Roman oppressors. And on the other hand, you have the Herodians, those in the Jewish community who supported King Herod, who collaborated with the Romans. So together, the, the Pharisees and the Herodians ask Jesus this loaded question, is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor? Now, if Jesus answers yes, he would infuriate the Pharisees. And if he answers no, he would likely be arrested for inciting opposition to the Romans. But Jesus replies, show me the coin. And then he says, whose image and title do you see on the coin? And they answer, the the emperor's image. And Jesus said, well, then give to the emperor the things that are the emperor's. And then he says, practically under his breath, and the things that are God's, give to God. And when they heard this, they walked away shaking their heads. And it seems straightforward enough to us. There are some things that belong in the government's realm, and there are some things that belong to God. But not so fast. If you stop and think about it, what Jesus was actually saying is that it all belongs to God. Because the reality is everything belongs to God. As that great psalm says, the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it. All that we have, all that we are, belongs to God. And in our first lesson, God, our Creator, says, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. Did you hear that? We are made in the image of God. And think about what this actually means. It means we bear God's image just as that Roman coin bears the image of the emperor. And so we belong to God because we bear God's image. Now, if you are a baseball fan, you might remember the home run race that took place about 25 years ago between Mark McGuire of the St. Louis Cardinals and Sammy Sosa of the Chicago Cubs as they both tried to break Roger Maris's single-season home run record. 
Now, there was a man named Tim Forner who was on the grounds crew that was sitting out in left field when Mark McGuire hit his record-setting 60-second home run right over the left field fence. And Tim Forner was lucky enough to catch the ball. It was estimated that that ball was worth over a million dollars. Now, Tim Forner certainly could have used the money. He was working as part of the grounds crew. But what did he do? He gave the ball back to Mark McGuire. And when he was asked by the sports media why he gave the ball back to Mark McGuire, he simply said, because the ball doesn't belong to me. It belongs to Mr. McGuire. A few days later, Sammy Sosa would hit his 60-second home run uh, in Chicago. The ball was hit over the home run fence, and it went out into the street right outside of Wrigley Field, and a mob of fans went after the ball. And there was all kinds of fighting and pushing and even some biting and accusations that the ball had been stolen from the little boy who retrieved the ball. And a small riot broke out, and eventually the courts had to decide who owned the ball. So I think those two scenarios from that baseball season reflect what happens in our lives when we think that it all belongs to us. When you and I know and acknowledge who it belongs to, life is far different than if we acted as if everything belongs just to us. But when we acknowledge that God is the owner, it gives us a greater sense of peace and freedom and, and even a bigger heart of generosity. But if we think that it all belongs to us, then we spend our time rationalizing and arguing and, and trying somehow to hold on to and protect everything that we think is ours. But when we realize that it belongs to God and His claim on us is total, His claim on us is complete, it raises some fundamental questions for us, such as these. How am I caring for God's how well am I caring for God's creation? How am I caring for the family and friends that God has loaned me? Am I a responsible citizen in this nation that God has placed me? See, when we recognize that we belong to God and we are created in God's image and bear His image, it also means that every other person also bears God's image. This month is Domestic Violence Awareness Month and also Elder Abuse Awareness Month. And our lessons today remind us that there's no room for abuse of any kind in our lives, physical abuse, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, because every single person bears the image of God. And we are called to treat others in such a way that we bear God's likeness and others may see the family resemblance. One of my uh, seminary professors, and I've said this before, but he liked to say that the purpose of the gospel is to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. And Jesus' words today certainly should afflict the comfortable. They challenge us by reminding us that we are image bearers, that we belong to God, and that all that we have and all that we are belongs to God. And they challenge us, challenge us as believers to think about our dual citizenship, what it means to belong to God 
and to be citizens of a particular nation. They challenge us, uh, challenge us by reminding us that our first allegiance, our first loyalty should be to God and God's command to love God and to love our neighbor. We love our country, but we belong to God, and sometimes that means that we have to speak the truth in love. As people of God, we are to be the conscience of our government. Our faith should inform our politics rather than our politics shaping our faith. And so where, this is a challenging gospel, so where do we find the good news in today's gospel? Where does our gospel comfort the afflicted? Look into the mirror, friends, and remember this. You, you bear the image of God. You belong to God. And if that's not enough in your baptism, you were signed, sealed, and stamped as God's very own child. I know that some of us here are worried about our health or the health of someone that we love. I know that some of us here have lost dear loved ones in recent years, and life will never be the same. I know that all of us are anxious about all the turmoil that we see in our world and Ukraine and in the Middle East, and our hearts break over some of the images that we see on TV. But remember, you bear the image of God, and His name was inscribed on you in your baptism, which means you belong to God. Economies will rise and fall. Nations will falter. Politics and politicians and political movements will come and go. But that's okay because we, our hope is in God's ownership. We first and foremost belong to God and we are to be God's image bearers in the world. Fred Craddock, a retired seminary professor, professor of preaching, once served a little country church in Georgia for several years after his retirement from, seminary, from the seminary faculty. And he said that he was once called to their small county hospital one day when a baby was born. Now, not many babies were born in this little 30-bed community hospital. But he met the father, and he asked the baby's name. And the father said the baby's name was Elizabeth. And as Fred Craddock and the new father looked through that glass window into the small nursery in this county hospital, it was obvious that she was screaming at the top of her lungs. And so trying to be a comforting pastor, Fred Craddock said to the father, now you know she's, she's not sick or anything. It's good for them to scream, clears their lungs. And the father simply said, oh, I know she ain't sick. She's just mad. And Fred Craddock asked, well, why is she mad? Well, wouldn't you be mad if one minute you were with God in heaven and the next minute you were in Georgia? <laughs> and Craddock said he thought to himself, man, I've got myself a real mountain theologian here. And then Craddock, Fred Craddock said, so you believe she was with God before she came here? Oh, yeah, said the father. And Craddock asked, well, do you think... Do you think she'll remember? 
And the new father very wisely replied, well, that's up to her ma and me. We got to make sure she remembers who she is because if she forgets, she's a goner. If she forgets, she's a goner. So who are you? Who are you? Whose image do you bear? Never forget that first and foremost, you should bear the image of God. And there's great freedom knowing that there is only one claim on our lives, the one to whom we belong, named us, claimed us, and redeemed us. We belong to God. We are God's image bearers. Let that sink in. We are God's image bearers. Let's go out now and live like it. Amen.